Hello, my name is Maurice Harker. What you're about to listen to is a clip from a live training session with either an individual or a group who are anxiously engaged in recovering their marriages. Please listen to several of the recordings in this podcast, and then, when you are ready, seriously consider attending the live weekly trainings from your home via webinar. My ability to provide enough individual and marriage therapy sessions has become very limited, so I created the marriage repair workshops so I could serve more people at a lower cost for you. So please, when you're ready, investigate your options at www.lazaruslectures.com. That's L-A-Z-A-R-U-S-L-E-C-T-U-R-E-S.com. I look forward to meeting you and to serving you well. I would love to play a part in decreasing your pain and increasing your happiness. See you soon. Now, for those of us, and I assume you're one of them, who wants to be like Christ, we have to resign ourselves to the same powerlessness that Christ had. So I'm going to take what you've asked and and translate it, right? Imagine Christ and the Holy Ghost and the Father sitting down together and they say, how can we help them realize this? How can we help this person realize that? How can we help them realize this? We have President Nilsson, the 12 apostles, and they have lots of thoughts and feelings about us. And they ask themselves a question, how can we help them see things this way? How can we help them feel things this way, et cetera, et cetera. And I want you to observe that Christ, being the greatest teacher of all time, the most influential with the Spirit, was not successful with over 50% of the people who listened to him. Even with his communication skills, less than half of the people realized why he's here. Less than half of the people understood. Ladies, let us remember that it is quite an assumption to hope that we have the ability to say something or do something more powerful than what Christ could do. The challenge of resigning yourself to being Christ-like includes the powerlessness over influencing someone else's perception. But does that mean Christ did nothing? Does that mean the general authorities do nothing? So what they do, if you look over, if, if you want to do a fascinating thing, pick one general authority, President Nielsen, I did it with President Hinckley, I've done it with a couple of them, and just listen to 10 years worth of their conference talks just them and start noticing how often they repeat themselves and they're saying the same thing again 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 and you know that as they approach the general conference in prayer they had the question how can we help them realize the importance of this how can we help them realize this so the best thing to do is to teach or communicate the way christ did or the way prophets do which is you just lay out a buffet of wisdom and ideas. You just put it where it can be found. And then they have to decide when they're going to partake of it. It's one of the most agitating things about being uh, following the gospel plan, which is you can't make or cause or influence someone else to have a certain response. You can try again and try again and try again. So what Christ did is he retreated He regrouped. He even had some reluctance. Let this cup pass from me. I really don't want to have to do this again. I really don't have to try this again. I don't want to. This is so taxing. It's painful. It's hard. It's scary. But instead of responding to the emotion of the moment, he re-anchored himself to his identity and his purpose. 
This is where the identity statement comes from. If you are the kind of person who is resilient and diligent, but not overbearing, I am resilient and I'm diligent, but I'm not overbearing. So I'm going to share thoughts from time to time and leave them where they can be found. And I'm going to have the emotional stability to be strong and solid and stable even if you're not ready for it yet, even if you're not ready for it yet. And then I'm going to agonize over what you don't partake of. I'm going to be sad in the same way Christ is sad when we don't partake of what he brings all the time. So the emotional side of being like Christ, the emotional side of watching people not listen to you, the emotional side of people not respecting the value of what you have to say, the emotional side of not being taken seriously, the emotional side of feeling isolated and like your best friend is going to deny you and betray you. Let us remember that being like Jesus isn't just a behavioral thing. It is an emotional experience. I'm sorry if that's a depressing thought. Does it help or do you have any clarifying questions? I can share an idea of what you can say that you can be confident because it's the right thing to say, but I have nothing to give you that I'm confident will cause him to have the correct response. Okay, so let's look at what Christ did in some of these situations, all right? We have the setting where we've got this emotional pressure of all these people dragging this woman and throwing them in front of her and saying, she has sinned, she has sinned, okay? So instead of him being reactive or something, he takes a minute, he slows down, he clears his head, and he just declares a true principle as opposed to tries to say something convincing. So he doesn't try to say something that is going to influence the other person's thinking. He just declares a true principle. He who is without sin, let him cast the first stone. So in a case like this, you want to have a menu of statements that you know are true. I love you whether you believe it or not. True statement. You just say it like a true statement. It ha should have the impact of a lighthouse light. It just is on, off, on, off. It's not like the wind. It's not like a power motor. It's not there to influence. It's just, this is where I'm at. I'm here. I'm steady. This is where I'm at. Now, whether or not your boat crashes into the reef, I will be sad if it does. I am feeling this. I am thinking this. This is who I am. And this is what I'm going to do. I love you. I plan to stay in this marriage. I'm not going anywhere. If I need a break, if I'm going, I will take a break. If I don't need a break, I won't take a break. I will do this and I will that. This is where I am at. Because during these early stages, there's not a lot of we going on. There's this is what I'm going to do. And then you going to do what you're going to do. We can't have a lot of we until we can get up to the psychological, spiritual and physical intimacy levels. Is that helpful? So really quickly, what this, um, like for an example, what my wife could say, there's a lot of things that are untrustworthy about me for developmental reasons, for maturity reasons, for whatever. But if she just says the things that are reliable about me, like, I know that you work hard. I know that you get up when you fall down. I know that you try to figure things out and, and, and you, when you get it wrong, you try to get it right. We all have a list of things we can say about another person that are pretty dang reliable and positive. It never hurts to have those in your pocket ready to go. Just repeating those things. This has always been true about you. This has always been. So, but you were not trying to convince them. Be like a lighthouse. We're just saying it and then letting them decide how they're going to respond to it. All right, my friends, We, if you have more questions about emotional intimacy, if you want us to dig into a little bit more, we will probably have a little bit of time next week. You have just finished listening to another principle that is one of many that you will find in a special class that I've put together called the Marriage Repair Workshops 
and the Lazarus Lectures. This is a compilation of principles that I have pulled from my years of training, study, and therapeutic experience designed to give you the tools, the vision, the ideas, everything that is necessary to take a relationship that has experienced catastrophic levels of unpleasantness and falling apart and rebuild it almost as if raising it from the dead. Please follow the links and attend at least one of our marriage repair workshops so that you can get a feel for what you will learn and get your attachment to the multimedia classroom that holds videos, audios, articles from me and several other specialists that we call the Lazarus Lectures, a 40 lesson series building from one principle to another so that you can discover what is necessary to pull off a miracle in your relationship. I hope you'll find great value in this. I hope those of you who find yourselves unable to afford the thousands of dollars necessary to attend a marriage therapist, especially one that's really good and is not as available as we would like therapists to be, please, please study this material in the Lazarus Lectures and attend the Marriage Repair Workshops so that we can help you get things back to the way you want them. We'll see you then.